food to demolish at the back after the service. So we're going to be having the tables and chairs in here. So as soon as the service finishes, if we could start to clear the chairs to the side so we can get everything um, set up, please. So please feel free to join us, even if you're here for the first time or you're just visiting. Please help us. <laughs> we don't want to take all this home with us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, shall we have a short time of prayer before our service begins? Dear Lord and Father, thank you that you promise us where two or three are gathered in your, you are there in the midst. Lord, we welcome you among us today. We ask that you would open our ears so that we may hear your voice. Open our minds so that we may receive your wisdom. Open our spirits so that we may know your guidance. Open our hearts so that we may receive your wonderful love. Amen. Good morning. Good to be here today. Just a couple of extra notices, if you'll bear with me. Um, many of us will remember um, when Philip Elwell was part of our congregation before Philip died, we often used to meet Clover, um, his guide dog. I've just been asked to pass on the fact that Clover's just died, um, but had two really good years um, being cared for and after Philip had died. So I thought you'd want to know that information. Clover was part of our church family here. The Methodist Conference has recently um, finished meeting and on a table just out there there are some um, conference digests, information about what was discussed and the decisions that were made. Do pick up one of those and take away and read um, those, please. Um, there are some activity and colouring sheets around. Are they at the back, Sarah? Yeah. For any age, okay, if you want to, because everybody's staying in for the service um, today. Space this afternoon, um, which is at Longridge, um, we're having a guest speaker, a man called Phil Maltby. Phil works for the Methodist Forces Board, who helped to support the work of um, Methodist chaplains who serve the forces. Um, and it will be really good and interesting. Phil's a great guy. It'll be good to come and hear what he's got to share with us. And it's not just my leaving service today, it's actually Millie's last Sunday with us today as well. Um, Millie's moving on this week, so we'll remember Millie in our prayers. Okay. God of past, present and future, we come to you today at a time of change. We thank you that you are unchanging, our faithful God who is with us on all our journeys on whatever we face. As we begin our worship, we remember those who have journeyed alongside us here and who are no longer with us, good friends and faithful Christians who have gone to be with you. I like this candle as a reminder that we are all united in the light of your love, God. God of past, present and future, we come to you today. The worship group will lead us in our opening songs. As we wait on the Lord, strength will visit us, strength will rise on wings like eagles. We sing together, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord.
great God, a great God who we can give thanks to forever and ever. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever. our service today we're going to be thinking about journeys so as we pray we're going to move our bodies to help us in our prayers so you might want to keep your eyes open today as we pray so let us pray we stretch and raise our hands to our loving God we praise him that he is our powerful wonderful creator 
who made the beautiful world in which we live. We point to ourselves, thanking God for making each of us unique and individual with gifts and talents. We thank God that he knows each of us by name. We look around at those sat near us, behind us and around us. And we thank God that we are part of his family, young and old. We give thanks that we can encourage and help one another, sharing in each other's joys and struggles. We wriggle our hands and our feet, remembering that Jesus reminded us that we are his hands and feet here on this earth. Help us to be willing to show care and compassion to others to go the extra mile. We point towards the doors, reminding ourselves that as we follow Jesus, he asks us to journey with him out into the world, sharing the good news with all we meet. We look down and we say sorry for the times when we've not followed God's way, when we have said hurtful words, let others down, been unkind or held grudges. We ask for forgiveness. And finally, we look to the cross with thankful hearts. We give thanks that Jesus died on the cross so that all the wrong things we have done can be forgiven and that through the Holy Spirit we can know your love, power and forgiveness in our lives. Lord God, you are amazing and we love you. So with thankful and joyful hearts we shout, Amen! Amen! And now we're going to join together in saying the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Sarah and I have recently had a holiday and we had some time in the south of France and as some of you know we really like to travel by train and we went all the way to Nice on the train, um, getting on the train at Bamber Bridge and getting off um, in Nice and it was 828 miles-ish, okay. <laughs> Would have been quicker to have got a plane but for us the travelling on our holiday is part of the journey getting on that train, enjoying the French countryside, the English countryside, that's part of the holiday, that's part of the experience. So often, in our desire to get somewhere, we just see the journey as an inconvenience, we just want to get it out of the way. And yet sometimes the journey itself is the really important part. Life is a journey, 
And we need to be able to remember to enjoy each and every day of this journey that is our life. Not just looking to the future and what may happen in the future, but living for today, for here and now, making the best of every opportunity. To live for the journey rather than the destination. One of the ways in which early Christians became known was the people on the way. The people on the way. Those who were focusing on the journey, not just the destination, on the opportunity that arose, not simply on what might happen at the end of their lives. The people on the way lived with an awareness of their relationship with God and what that relationship meant in their everyday lives as they lived out their faith, their trust, their belief, their desire to serve God, living out their calling in the world. They followed Jesus who said to his friends, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I want this morning to reflect on journeys, on what it means to be people on the way, on a journey that continues. Not seeing God's kingdom as simply a destination, somewhere to get to in the end, but something to be enjoyed as a way of life, being people on the way, living for him in every part of the here and now. We're going to sing a song that's a bit like going on a journey. We are marching. And I'm sure there's some instruments down here that we could, uh, we could play if anyone wants to come and get some instruments. We are marching in the light of God. We might even have a little procession, eh? Does, if any of the children want to <laughs> have a procession. We are marching in the light of God.
We're going to hear our first Bible reading, a reading about somebody going on a journey. Isabel's going to read. Yeah. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, the parable of the Good Samaritan. A teacher of the law came up and tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus answered him, what does the scripture say? What do you interpret them as? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You are right, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to justify him. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbour? Jesus answered, there was once a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when the robbers attacked him, stripped him, beat him up and leaving him half dead. It so happens that a priest was going down the road, but when he saw the man, he walked on by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came along, went over, looked at the man, and then walked by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was travelling that way, came up upon the man, and when he saw him, the heart was filled with pity. He went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds, and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Take care of him, he told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way, I will pay whatever else he spends on him. And Jesus concluded, In your opinion, which one of these three acted like a neighbour towards the man attacked by the robber? The teacher of the Lord answered, The one who was kind to him, Jesus replied, go then and do the same. Thank you. In the summer of 1996, I was halfway through training to be a Methodist minister. And so I had a four-week placement in a place called Droitwich, which is um, not very far from Birmingham, if you know that area. And during that four weeks, I was given lots of different things to do to begin to experience what life as a minister was going to be like. Not sure it quite prepared me, but there you go. Um, And so the the minister that was there said, it'd be great if you went out and did some visiting, go out and visit some members of the congregation. So he sent me on my way. And I was was on foot, because I think Sarah must have had the car. She was still back in Birmingham. And... um, And I had my clerical shirt on for one of the first times. And I remember being convinced people will look at me and think, this man must be going to a fancy dress party. (laughs) Because it just felt so strange to be wearing this shirt with a white collar on it. So I was walking along a fairly main road in Droitwich. And there was a crash. A, a, A bus opposite went into the back of a car. And immediately, this parable about the Good Samaritan came into my mind. All those people on that bus are going to be looking and saying, there's a religious man on the other side of the road. What's he going to do? So I thought, I'll have to cross the road. Whether I would have done if I hadn't had my collar on, I'm not sure. But anyway, I went across the road. I went up to the door of the bus. And I remember vividly saying, I'm a nurse. Is there anything I can do to help? 
Well, obviously, I was a nurse. I had been a nurse. And I must have thought, nurses are definitely more help than ministers are in these situations. Jesus is responding in this story to a question, and it's a question about eternal life. The man comes and says, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus gives a simple answer. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he says, you will have life. He doesn't actually mention eternal life. He says, you will have life. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus speaks about the need to live life in all its fullness. That's what God offers to us. For Jesus, that was about the present, not just about the future. It was about living as people on the way. And then Jesus goes on to tell a story, a story to illustrate who our neighbor is. And it's a well-known story. A story about a man who sets off on a journey. He's beaten up and left by the side of the road for dead. He was seen by various religious officials and people from, um, from the temple, and they didn't do anything about it. But then a Samaritan comes and responds. A Samaritan, a traditional enemy of the Jews, comes, he picks him up, he cares for him, he puts him on his, on his donkey or his horse, whatever it was, takes him off to somewhere where they'll look after him and pays for his care. Of course, the one who was the true neighbor was the one who showed the kindness And Jesus says, go, follow his example. Do the same. In other words, if you're to be people on the way, if you're to be followers of of Jesus, you need to respond to the needs that you see around you. And it might mean taking risks. And sometimes it might be uncomfortable. I mean, it might mean putting yourselves out and it might mean getting your hands dirty. As people on the way, we need to have our eyes open to seeing the needs around us. Those who are facing illness and loss. Those who are struggling with addiction. Those who are facing financial problems or relationship breakdown. Those who are asking questions about life and faith and God. Young people facing the stress of peer pressure and schoolwork. Older people facing isolation and loneliness. Those in poverty and need in our worlds. They're the neighbors that we call to serve, and they're the people that we need to serve here and now in the present. Those needs are all around us. And a challenge to us is, let's never get so caught up in what we do in church, in our traditions, in church business, that we walk by on the other side, that we miss what should be our true calling to serve our neighbor who is in need. And I thank God for all the ways in this church that we show concern for our neighbors in prayer praying for those in our community welcoming people to worship on Sundays and Thursdays and Saturdays giving to the food bank and Fox Street caring for people who are in need showing concern and compassion raising money for charity both in this country and overseas lots of ways they're just some of them keep looking to the needs around you Look to the crying child in your midst. Okay. Just need three volunteers, please. Children will do, but adults will do if nobody else volunteers. Oliver, are you going to come and help? Anybody else? Thank you, Kimberly. Just, just three things to open. Right, somebody else will have to open the other one. Wendy, you'll have to do it. Yeah. Sarah and I have just bought some gifts to leave for the church. There are two different sets of things. These are the first ones. 
One of you should have a sheep, one should have a goat, and one should have some chickens. Is that right? Okay. You'll be pleased to know they're not out in the garden somewhere. And you can see from the pictures on the screen that the gifts that we bought are charity gifts for Christian Aid, supporting vulnerable people in different parts of the world, particularly supporting women in different communities. And they're just a reminder to us. Let's never stop serving our neighbour. Let's never stop caring for those who are in need. Don't get so caught up in church life that we forget to respond to the needs around us. Love each other in our church, in our community. Reach out in love to the wider community and into the world. Show concern to our neighbours in need as people on the way. Okay, you can take those and you can put them up somewhere at the end. Thank you. We're going to come back to those things in a few moments. But we're going to have our prayers. Wendy's going to lead us in prayer. We're asked to remember in our prayer book this morning, Dwayne Chapman, whose wife has just died, Irene Montgomery in Royal Preston Hospital, Elsie Lethbridge, Enid Bradshaw, Jean Lomas and Joyce. So let us pray. Companion God, you travel with us on the journey of life matching your steps to ours. You call us to serve you wherever the need, by reaching out to our neighbours with compassion and love. We pray for those whose journey is difficult or veering off course. Walk with them, directing them back to you to receive your all-embracing love. As we approach the beginning of the summer breaks of various kinds, we pray for people whose lives will be made much more harder and busier by the long summer breaks. We pray that as we travel on our journeys, help us to be aware of the damage travel creates in climate change. And may we be mindful in our approach in tackling climate change. Companion God, give hope and strength to those who journey hoping for a better life but fall into a system of being refugees. Embrace them with your loving arms and give them hope. As each new day dawns and our journey with you continues, help us to see and feel you at the core of our very being. We think of all those who are taking journeys at this time. And we pray for Millie as she journeys on into a new family, new friends, new environment. And we give thanks for all foster carers who help young people journey on through their life. It is the time in our church life where presbyters and deacons move on in their journey, responding to your call on their lives. 
Be with each one, their families and friends, as goodbyes are said, leaving behind what was. Be with each one in their new challenges, hopes and calling. May they all receive a welcome that is based on love, grace and compassion. Loving God, as Andrew and Sarah go to to the side, i.e. Yorkshire, we want to thank you for their ministry here. The impact on people's lives by living a life with you at at the centre of all that they do. Walk with them in their new and exciting journey, in their preparations, their goodbyes, their new home, and the new people that they will meet along the way. We also pray for Karen and her family as they prepare for their journey to Bamba Bridge. May it be a safe and happy journey. Amen. We're going to sing the hymn, God who sets us on a journey to discover, dream and grow.
The offering for the work of God in this church and circuit will now be taken. So we pray. Loving and generous God, we thank you for your many gifts and blessings. And we thank you that we can offer these gifts in response to your love for us. Take them and use them for your kingdom, along with the other gifts given in other ways to this church. Amen. reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, beginning to read from verse 13, on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up And walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem, and you do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went into the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels 
who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. Once again, we find ourselves on a journey. We find ourselves on that Emmaus Road with those two people who are full of loss and sadness. And we find Jesus walking with them, but not recognized by them. Until what is, they invite him to share food with them. And suddenly their eyes are open, they recognize him as their Lord and their Savior, alive and with them. It's a wonderful story that those two people make from loss to despair, to a realization that Jesus, from loss and despair, to a realization that Jesus is alive, and we sense them sprinting all the way back to tell the others the good news. They were given the courage to continue on the way, being the people that Christ was empowering them to be, people on the way. The future that we all face is a changing one. I'm sure that all of us are feeling a bit uncertain about how things will be. Sarah and I, as we move to a new place, to new churches, and you, as you welcome a new minister. Yet all of us continue to be people on the way. That doesn't change. We continue to be those people who want to live for Jesus and love for Jesus. Because none of the ministry here is about me or about you. It's about him, Jesus, the one whom we set our sights on. I've never ploughed a field. I don't know if anybody here has, but I'm told that if you want to plough a field, the thing you have to do is to set your sights on something on the other side of the field, a fence post or a tree or something. If you were to look down at the ground, your thing would go all over the place. But if you set your sights on what's ahead, then you will plough a straight and a true furrow. In living the way of Christ, in living that truth, we need to set our sights firmly on the one whom we follow, to set our sights firmly on Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour, to live a life that reflects his truth, his grace, his love. Because it was when Cleopas and his friend looked at him as he broke the bread that they truly knew him. And we need to do the same. Because the future is safe. In Jesus' hands. It may bring challenge, it may bring uncertainty, but he will never, ever let go of us. We need to trust in him and we need to look to him. 
So we've had some goats and sheep and chickens, but there's another gift as well. Would somebody like to... Oliver, will you just come and open this? It's nicely wrapped. Sarah wrapped it, you can tell that. Okay, thank you. You don't need to be too careful. It's not breakable. There's a sneak preview on the screen, I think. Well done. Can I look after that? You can have the paper. That's really kind. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Oliver. So we want to leave you with a cross, and it's not just any sort of cross. Um, It's a cross that we came across a few years ago that they use at the Scargill community, which is actually not very far from where we're moving to. And it's a cross that shows a journey. Yes, there's a cross at the top, but there's a journey that goes up to it. There's a reminder for me in this cross that we are all people on the way. We're following a journey and we're looking to the cross. And one day we trust that we will be with Jesus. But actually we need to be reminded that we are with Jesus now. That he journeys with us as we follow that way. As we look to him, as we seek to serve him. There's a promise in there and a reassurance that means that we can live each day to the full. For the last five years, we've shared this Christian journey together. Thank you to all of those who've offered Sarah and I love, support, and encouragement along the way. And I pray God's richest blessings on this church, on your mission, and your ministry. And I pray for Karen, and I'm sure all you will, as she comes to be your minister. Be gentle with her. Allow her to be the person that God wants her to be. She doesn't need to hear about the past. She needs to be allowed to lead you into a new future. May all of us continue to be people on the way, serving Christ in all our different ways and callings, but looking to him as our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. The next hymn that we're going to sing is 575, if you're following in the books. And it's a new hymn to us, I think. It's a reminder that at times we need to say sorry for the wrong things we do and we need to lay them before God and ask for his forgiveness. And as we've journeyed together, there will be times when I've done things that have hurt other people. There'll be mistakes that we've made and hurts that have been caused. This is an opportunity just to let go of those things to say sorry to each other for the wrong things we've done and to look forward to the new start that God offers to each one of us before we share in communion united as one people, before I take the body of my Lord.
So as we come to the time of sharing and communion, just to say that as always when we gather and share communion here, all are welcome at the Lord's table, all have a desire to love the Lord or love the Lord, are welcome to gather around, to come and kneel at the rail. We have a continuous system, so um, once you've received, we tend to fill from this end to come and kneel or stand at the rail. Once you've received, if you go back to your seat, and others will fill that space. If you'd rather receive where you are, if that's easier for you, then just let the communion stewards know, and we'll bring communion to you. I have got some um, gluten-free wafers. If you need those, just uh, let me know as, I, as we come round. Just to say that our communion cloth, you'll see we're slightly different today. A few years ago, we made a special communion cloth at Messy Church when we were talking about communion. I thought it would be nice to remind ourselves today that although we gather on Sunday today, we're actually just part of the worshipping family of Bamberbridge Methodist Church that meets on Saturdays and Thursdays as well. So we're going to share the peace just following on from that hymn that we've just sung, that reminder that when we come to meet before our Lord, we do so at one with each other and at one with God. Jesus said, peace is my parting gift to you, my own peace such as the world cannot give. May we know that peace in our hearts and may we show it in our lives. The peace of the Lord be always with you. you. We share the peace with one another. Peace be with you. you. Thank you. Look up, for God is here, waiting to feed you through bread and wine, waiting to nurture your faith and nourish your soul. Look in, for he wants to meet you, not the mask you wear for the world, but the person you are, your potential for right and wrong. Look around, for you're not alone. Your family is here your brothers and sisters in Christ, sharing the same loaf, bound by the same faith, serving the same God. Look out, for the world is calling, aching under a weight of sorrow, a burden of sin that destroys and deprives, robbing people of dignity, denying them life. Look back, for Jesus is speaking. Tears in his eyes, a tremor in his voice. This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. This is my blood shed for many. Go on doing this to recall my presence with you. 
look forward, for Christ will come again, the King of kings and Lord of lords, returning to fulfill his purpose, to establish his kingdom, and to draw all things to himself. Look now, the bread is broken, the wine poured out. We pray for God's Holy Spirit to come down. This may be for us the body and blood of Jesus. Come eat, drink, and be thankful. As we come to this table and take bread and wine, may our eyes be open to who Jesus is for us, Saviour and friend. May our hearts be challenged as to how we respond to his love in the world. May we come as individuals looking to the cross that gives us life. May we come as a church family committed to loving each other and serving God in the world. May we come before God in humility, wonder and joy. Amen. Draw near with faith. broken fear.
But if Christ broke for you. But if Christ broke for you. But if Christ broke for you.
going to share in the prayer that's on the screen. Loving God, we have come in faith. We go in peace. We have received from the Lord's hand. We go to give in his name. We have eaten bread and drunk wine. We go to share his love. We have proclaimed the Lord's death. We go to make known his life. The meal is ended, but the journey continues. We go in confidence, knowing the Lord is with us, now and always. Thanks be to God. Amen. We're going to sing our final hymn. Can I just say thank you? It's been great to see so many people here today from all different parts of my life and people I've met along the way. So it's been really good to share together. Do stay. There's a lot of food. Okay. We're going to sing as our final hymn, Love Divine or Love's Excelling, wonderful um, Wesley hymn, reminding us of the love of the past, the present, and the future, love that holds us now and always will, love that enables us to live for Jesus now and to know that one day we'll live forever in his love, love that inspires us to be people on the way, love divine or love's excelling.
living God, we thank you for all that we've shared as we journeyed and ministered together. Now, on our journey of discipleship, faith now to follow where you may lead, courage to step out into the unknown, grace to walk with humility, and commitment to travel onto our journey's end. So we may we take up our cross and live as people on the way, following in the footsteps of Christ, to his praise and glory. Amen. Amen.